0: Me. And so I'd like to ask you to turn to your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 13, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14, and we'll read that today. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says, and Samuel said to Saul, that Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee? For now will the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. In verse 14, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And we'll pray. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning. Thank you for this opportunity giving me, Lord, to preach uh, to this church. Um, I ask you, please, use me, Lord. Um, fill me with your power with the Holy Spirit. Use my lips, Lord. Uh, give me what you want me to say to your people. And I ask you, Lord, that you please help us uh, fill this room, Lord, with your presence. and Allow us to go home with something in our hearts. And I ask you these things. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The story of uh, King Saul is known across the Christian world. Uh, we've, heard, we've heard and preached about the life of Saul. We know the story, we understand the concept uh, of this man. In today's sermon, my desire is to, to share with you what God put in my heart for his bride, the church. Uh, to show and to share how Christians, children of the King of Kings, how we have started with a humble heart. But have adopted a stone cold heart. And today I'm, I'm try not to. Uh, I believe it was 30 minutes, right, Pastor? You gave me. Uh, I'll be short. I'll be a blessing to you. Uh, probably 10 minutes. Maybe we can go out to eat after. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll try to be as, as short as I can. And uh, the first point I'd like to point out in this message uh, is the start of King Saul. The start of King Saul and I'll give the title at the very end um, just to, uh, I want to just explain what I wanted to teach first. Uh, the start of King Saul, we understand the story. We know uh, King Saul, young man. Uh, in chapter nine, we see that he was, uh, the Bible describes him a good leader person, a good leader choice young man. So the Bible describes King Saul as someone handsome, young, probably strong. Uh, his father was a mighty man of power, Probably was very influential, very rich, um, someone very important among the people. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, and Saul was tall. He, they said the Bible says that his shoulders were higher than than anyone else. So probably Saul was a good six, six five, six seven. Young, tall, probably wealthy, influential. Saul was humble as well. If you read in in verse. Uh, in verse 21 of chapter 9 it says and Saul answered and said am not I a Benjamite of the the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family the least of the families of the tribe of Benjamin Wherefore then speakest thou so to me so you can imagine Saul is tall handsome influential wealthy humble boy what, what girl nowadays wouldn't want a man like that you know uh I would, I would want to be like him, just being handsome. That would be a great, great plus for me, I guess. <laughs> that would be a great, great blessing. But Saul had a great beginning, and we all know that. Compared to King David, King David, I don't know whether he was handsome or ugly. I, I don't know. Uh, he probably wasn't as tall as King Saul. He for sure wasn't probably not as wealthy as King Saul. He was a shepherd boy. And you know, he looked at the life of David. He didn't have that advantage that King Saul did. King Saul started off with all this. King Saul was going to be the first king of Israel. God gave him that opportunity. He had a fresh start, and he was humble in the beginning. And we see the start of Saul. And, I, and for us Christians, we can kind of relate to that because we had a great start. For most in here, born in a Christian home. Others in this beautiful church raised part of this great church. And I can tell you just from the environment that all of you probably love each other and think of each other highly. I don't think there's any confliction in here. I doubt it. You're in a good church. God has put you here. God has put us in those spots. God put me in a home where my mom and my dad both believe in God. My dad didn't grow up in a home where mom and dad were there reading their Bible and praying. My dad didn't grow up in that home. I've been blessed. I had a great start. And that start is something we need to take advantage of. And King Saul was doing great. He started off well with all this. I mean, in the, in the chapters after chapter 9, Samuel announces, well, here's the king. Here's the next king of Israel. And the people say, wow, you know, wow, look at him. I can just imagine the scenario. Saul walking in and everyone's just like, wow, what a king. He has the figure of a king. He's tall. He's handsome. Israel wanted a king after their own heart. They wanted uh, uh, to be like the other nations. And Saul was that king. And we look at that and we say, well, um, how does that relate to me? I'm not a king. We're probably not physically kings. But we have the king of kings in our hearts. And that start is a fresh start for many Christians to use to go out and do things for God. That brings me to my next point. And the next point is the the negligence that Saul had. Most people preach about his pride. Most people preach about how he um, was just so prideful, very disobedient. But there's something that I noticed from him that he didn't do. And in, if you go with me to chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Saul reigned one year. And when he had reigned two years over Israel. You go, well, what's so interesting about that? His humble start after a whole year of reigning, being king, he was humble. He controlled that pride. He didn't, he didn't get the glory. He said, oh, no, God, to God be the glory. But after a while, he just started to let his guard down. He said, You know what? Oh, I'm king. I'm rich. I'm tall. I'm handsome. I got an army. Man, I'm the king. He probably thought himself highly after a year or two being king. The Bible says, In 1310, it says, and it came to pass as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering. Behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. I don't know what Saul said to him, but I'm pretty sure Saul said, well, look, Samuel, you didn't come on time. So I just took it upon myself and I did the sacrifice and that's it. I did it. Me. I can just picture Samuel's face. It's just so, so sad, so disappointing, this man. Man, I was, man, we were hoping for a king that was humble, Saul. And you just decided to do things to disobey? After one year, after two years of reigning, you just let your guard down. And we can see in chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says that the other scenario for, for Saul says, and Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of the rams. Verse 23 says, For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. There's a quote that I wrote down here that I read. It says, this was no small sin to disobey God in the smallest matter is sin enough. There can be no little sin because there's no little God to sin against. Now, I know many of you know the story of Saul. I'm not going to go too much into detail of it. But we know we realize he had a great humble, a humble start. Then he wasn't careful with taking care of his pride. Because that pride made him think that he was good enough to, to disobey God. God says, kill, kill the king. Kill the people. Destroy the land. Don't leave anyone alive. And King Saul said, you know what? We're going to leave the king alive. We're going we're to run through the city. We're going to embarrass him. We're going to keep the, the good spoils and give that to God. Now we understand the story, he disobeyed God, he let his guard down, and we see that in the life of Saul, and there's one more thing that we see as well, and I'll apply this at the very end uh, as well, my ending, but we'll see, we'll, we'll look at the end first, and then I'll wrap it up. So in chapter 31, if you go to chapter 31, verses 4 through 6, chapter 31, verses 4 through 6. It says Then Saul said unto his armor-bearer Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith least these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me but his armor-bearer would not for he was sore afraid therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it and when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him so Saul died and his three sons and his armor-bearer and all his men that same day so we see his humble start and then we realize and we understand that he wasn't very careful of it of controlling his pride controlling himself he got too prideful too cocky and he disobeyed God and because he disobeyed God God removed himself from his life and because God left him the consequence at the end his his sons died many of the men that were with him died they weren't success- successful, and this is what I try, what I want to apply into the sermon. Us as Christians, how we have a good start. We're in a good home, in a good church. Many here probably, God gave you a very good job, money, wealth. God gave us that, and we were on fire when we came to church. Most of us probably. We came to church, uh, not sure who here, uh, probably came from the world, came from drinking, from smoking. Um, you came from out there, and you and you started off nice and hot, nice and warm, nice and tender. Your heart was very happy to be in church. Man, you were, can't wait till Sunday hits. Can't wait to hear the pastor preach. It was just nice and soft, that tenderized heart. Uh, my wife's birthday just passed, and she... She wanted to go to Texas, uh, roast steakhouse, and and I said, "Oh, man, can you pick something else, please?" <laughs> and I remember she she ordered. I, I don't remember, uh, actually is it was it? A, I think it was a ribeye or a steak. I forgot what it was, but she ordered a, a ribeye, and and she and they brought it up to to us, and it was nice and juicy, and big, and then she sliced through it, and it looked so good, and me with my mac and cheese that I ordered <laughs> I looked at her steak and I said man I should have got I should have got that ribeye instead <laughs> and then, you know us husbands you just take take a piece out of their plate when they're not looking don't worry about it <laughs> but when you see a delicious piece of meat in front of you nice and cooked where well, you can just grab the knife and just slice right through it well I don't know how, if you like medium rare well done or however you like it but it's nice and juicy the cook did a good job making that steak, preparing it for you. You know, when we, when we started off here in church, when we started off in the Christian life, many of you had a nice, tender heart. But then something happened. You let your guard down, You you're comfortable coming to church. Oh, well, um, I don't need to read my Bible anymore. Pray. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go so many. That's how some people let their guard down. They get comfortable right here. And they say, well, I have the blessing of God now. Now I can leave. Now I can leave that. Little by little. And God says, you leave, you won't get my blessing. You won't have my protection. That's what Saul did. Saul was here. He listened to the preaching and teaching of Samuel. He was there with Samuel. He prophesied with prophets. He understood what his task was. But after a while, he kind of just, eh, I don't need that. I don't really need to listen to God right now. I don't really need to be with him. I think I can do it on my own. And sad to say, that's, that's many Christians in many other churches. They, they start off good. They start off right on fire. They're here. But then after a while, they just, they get used to it. They stop coming. They just start getting away and just walking away from God. And just they, now they don't even come to church. They probably come to church once in a full blue moon. They don't read the Bible. They don't pray. They don't come so many. I was happy to hear Pastor Roger when he told me that he started out, he started the outreach uh, program again. Very important program. The Bible says that Jesus came to save people, not to take care of them, not to just administer to them. No, he came to reach people because they were going to go to hell. Because without him, no one could go to heaven, the Bible says. Me personally, my burden, my goal is to reach the next generation because this generation that's growing up is not hearing about Jesus. They don't even know who he is, probably, some of them. Some of them don't know what, what the Bible says. Some of them don't know. They just, oh, I know about God, but that's it. Well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven if I work my way there. But they don't know the truth. Who better to tell them the truth than us Christians who have experienced this way of life? See, we started off here by encourage you to not go and just, Let your guard down and just start walking away from God. David didn't do that. David was here, right? He did fail. He did sin. But David humbled himself and he said, you know what, God, I'm sorry. Let me get closer to you because I failed. Saul said, I failed, but I'm going to get further because I don't really need God. I'm tall, I'm handsome, I'm rich. I have an army. That's what he said. And so today, I hope that many of us can understand what it means to have a good start. What it means to have all this. Because unlike other countries, other people in other countries, you could take China, for example. You could take uh, North Korea. You could take Russia. They don't have the liberty that we have. And I thank God for the United States. I do. This is my home. I, 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 don't, I don't want to see the United States go down the way it's going. I really don't. You can tell me all about politics. You can tell me all about well, whatever is going on. I don't want to see the United States go down. Why? Because God placed me here in the United States. He could have placed me somewhere else. He could have. But he didn't. And I asked him, why, why didn't you place me somewhere else? But he placed me here for a reason. And I don't want to let go of that. I don't want to let my guard down and say, well, I'm here. I'm comfortable. I'm just going to enjoy life and just sit down and be lazy. No. I want to do something for God. Because if I don't do something for him, then he's going to walk away. The title is, Thy Kingdom Shall Not Continue. Sau's kingdom didn't continue. If he would have continued, he would have had the opportunity to have Jesus in his lineage. But he didn't. I encourage you to continue. Boy, if we have a tremendous group here, if, imagine if we can have everyone here come next Saturday to tell someone about Jesus. What a tremendous blessing. We went so many a few weeks ago. We're walking through some apartments, and some people open the door. They said, "Well, are you JWs?" <laughs> I said, "No, no, no, we're Baptists." Oh, okay, they the door. you know, <laughs> I got kind of scared. <laughs> but it's funny how, how it was a group of us. It was a group of like a good eight, 10, 10 people, and we we're just all walking through the apartments, and all you see is people just staring. They open the blinds and just look. They think it's the police. I don't know. They think we're looking for them faster. I don't know. But imagine if we can get a big group, a whole church to go out and tell people about Jesus. Man, what a blessing. What a testimony for the church. And I'm going to tell you right now, people, they probably don't want God. But when they see your life, they're going to want that life. But that life cannot be given if you're away from God. Just remember, God gives and God takes away. You want to reach people for the Lord? You ask him, God, give me a heart. Give me a desire to reach people with the word of God. And he'll give it to you. But you don't ask him, he won't give it to you. You want to, you want to save the United States? Ask him, Lord, help me save the United States. Help me save people. Help me go up to people and tell them about Jesus. Ask him and he'll give it to you. But you can't, you can't ask him for anything if you choose to walk away from God. If you let your guard down and you say, you know, I'm comfortable, I have money, I have this, I have that. I'm okay, God, I don't need you. You go to many mansions, you go to Hollywood, you go to people that have mansion homes. Not that they don't want God, they don't need God. And that's a sad statement to hear. And uh, I'll stop with that. I hope uh, the Lord used me. Hope the Lord spoke to you. Um, like I said, I was very nervous to come up here and preach, and I'm very scared. Pastor Rogers might fire me next time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll pray. We'll pray and ask God.